Hello, ladies, and welcome to another exciting episode on the Ask with Confidence podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today, and I hope you leave this episode feeling empowered to take on your most difficult conversations. I'm your host, Katherine Kanapke. I'm a nurse, mediator, and the communications and operations manager at the American Negotiation Institute, and I am passionate about helping women like you get the most out of your conversations and get ahead in life. Before we start, is negotiation a critical part of what you do? Do you need to resolve conflict and persuade at work? If so, check out our website to learn more about our negotiation workshops. We've traveled the country working with professionals just like you, and we would love to work with you too. Check out the link in the description to learn more. So Veronica, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Catherine, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Well, we're really excited to have you. Why don't you tell the audience a bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm a mediator. So for your audience, if if they're not familiar with the work of a mediator, basically uh, a mediator helps people resolve disputes outside of a courtroom. Sort of uh, the joke I like to use is, you know, even though folks like watching legal dramas on TV, um, sometimes not everyone wants to, uh, you know, step foot inside of a courthouse. <laughs> and so I work for our local municipal court and, and, and the primary function of my role really is to, to help people resolve court cases in a way that works for them um, outside of a courtroom. And so with that role, I can help parties share information. I can help parties share settlement offers. And then ultimately, it's up to them to decide if agreement is possible. So really, I've had the opportunity through mediating hundreds, hundreds of cases to observe sort of how people interact in conflict, uh, what are the sorts of things that are impacting their decision making. And um, I've got the opportunity to kind of help empower people to decide for themselves what works best for them and um, if agreement's possible. Fantastic. Well, we're really excited to have you. We have talked a bit about, you know, getting to the point of asking questions. You know, we talk about asking with confidence, but a lot of times women don't feel confident when they, you know, go out to start engaging in difficult conversations. So why don't you tell us a little bit about getting to the point where you ask the question? Yeah. So, you know, I think the first part is really just in preparation. So I know you and I had a chance to talk, you know, before today's discussion. And part of it is just sort of knowing what is it that you want and why do you want it, whatever it is you're looking for. And that's where sort of there's this technique in the mediation world. And I know, I know you're a new mediator, Catherine, and I'm guessing you've probably encountered this technique as well, but just sort of discovering what your interests are, what is the positive that you're trying to achieve, what's the negative that you're trying to avoid. So you know, it's something beyond just a, a position, like I want what I want because I want it and sort of to give some context. So, you know, let's say what you want is, you know, maybe you want to work remotely. <laughs> you want a job that lets you work remotely. That's sort of the what you want. But maybe if you can think about in that example, well, why is it that you want? What's the positive you're trying to achieve? And what's the negative you're trying to avoid? You know, maybe, maybe one of the reasons why you want to work remotely is maybe you've got, you know, young children and you want to have more of a flexible schedule. And so you think working remotely will help you achieve that. Whatever the situation may be, if you can first, before asking, sort of identify what is that, what is that goal? Because then that'll really give you options. And then once you identify that goal, really like you mentioned, I mean, the other part is, is just asking. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to like I tell folks in mediation all the time, like, hey, this is a conversation. So if you say something in a way that maybe you think, oh, I could have said that better, just try again. So that's the great thing, you know, about 
not only mediation, but also I imagine your listeners, just everyday conversations. There's more than one opportunity to ask for something. There's more than one way to say something. Part of the hurdle, I think, is just knowing what, what is your goal and then just sort of having the courage to, to put that out on the table when you don't know what the other side is going to say in response. Fantastic. Now, you said, you know, identifying what you want and why you want it. What is the best way to go about doing that? I know a lot of times people just have that one specific goal in their mind and and all they can think about is, well, that's what I want. That's what I need. Why would there be any alternatives? What would you recommend and how to come up with those alternatives? Yeah. So I think probably the easiest way to start is really you know, identifying that position. So what is it that you want? You know, putting that, you know, maybe you jot that down on a piece of paper and then start asking yourself why. And maybe it's something, I mean, everyone's different, but sort of the way that I do it and the way that I kind of share this sort of information in my mediations with folks is, you know, I encourage people to write it down on a piece of paper and maybe take some quiet time to reflect. And you might have to ask yourself a few different times, like, you know, why is it that I want this? And eventually you'll get to sort of big picture goals that really allow for more creativity because, you know, in that example that I just recently mentioned, you know, maybe it might be relatable to some of your audience, but, you know, saying I want to work remotely. Well, that's sort of like an all or nothing position, right? So if you can, only, if you stay focused on just that position, I want to work remotely, maybe you're able to find you know, a situation that allows for that or, or maybe not. And that, that sort of puts you in that all or nothing. Either I get exactly what I want, how I want it, or I don't get it at all. And if you don't get it at all, that might create some disappointment versus if you can kind of sit down, reflect quietly, ask yourself, well, why is it that I want that? And identify some big picture goals. Like, for example, I mentioned like flexibility with time or, you know, shorter commute, whatever it is, then there are there are different ways that that those goals can be accomplished beyond just say, for example, working remotely. Absolutely. And shout out to Kwame really fast. He has uh, on his negotiate anything podcast, he provides uh, free guides for people. And one of those free guides includes it's in the salary negotiation, I think, but it includes a list of like all of these alternative things that you can ask for. In, in coming up with ideas of, okay, well, if I can't get that, what's something else that I can add value and kind of still put myself in a, in a position for success. With that being said, I wanted to ask you, Veronica, what are some of the challenges, particularly that females might face when it comes to kind of ident- identifying what they want and why they want it? Well, I think part, at least of what I've observed in my mediation is, you know, it's almost like a tendency to sort of jump from like zero to a hundred without getting from steps one through 99, right? So sometimes I've had some participants tell me in mediation, like a different example, when you're trying to make some sort of settlement offers is sometimes, you know, people will worry, well, what is the other side going to think of me? Or, you know, they'll worry, well, what about if whatever it is that I think that I want isn't realistic? Or what about if I don't have enough information? And what I find myself typically telling folks is, well, hey, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like if this is an important enough conversation for you to have, like, do you at least owe it to yourself to try? I mean, do you, do you really care what this other person on the other end of the telephone line thinks about whatever it is that you want? So I think kind of one of the challenges is 
remembering that there's lots of steps in between, you know, identifying what you want, asking for what you want, and then seeing if it's possible. And I think sometimes it can be easy for folks just to, to worry so much about the end game that, or worry so much about what someone else thinks that sort of stops them from even trying. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that we teach is not to go into a negotiating needing something. You know, there's, there's always an alternative. You don't, you don't want to walk in needing that approval, needing them to say, yes, you need to be able to be confident in yourself and in that if things don't go out the way it planned, you'll still be okay. And I think that's really important to remember is that you don't need it. You can still walk away and you'll be fine. You'll, there, there are alternatives. It will just open another door. And I think that's something that a lot of women kind of miss is in that thinking. And instead of thinking, well, I need this or I need to preserve that relationship. Yeah. And, and if maybe if I could just add to that too, I mean, another thing is even if the answer is no, well, that just means it's no for right now, <laughs> you know, but you never know when that no right now may turn, may turn into a yes later on. So that's just something to think about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, one of the other things that you identified was not knowing what to ask for. And I think that's a huge thing with a lot of women. It's a big stereotype against us is that we're often called indecisive. So what are some things that we can do to kind of figure out what we want to ask for? That's a great question. So I think this is where probably just giving yourself some time, right, before you're going into any sort of critical conversation giving yourself some time to reflect. And, and what you want today, maybe you'll still want two days from now, maybe you'll still want two weeks from now, maybe not. But that's where, I mean, just to sort of compare things to kind of the critical conversations of a column that I see in mediation. I mean, sometimes just sort of having time to think about something is helpful. You've got to start somewhere, right? So, I mean, a lot of conversations Fortunately, you know, a lot of conversations, at least in my experience, it's not always all or nothing. You still have the opportunity to change your mind. And if you're just not sure, you know, just to compare what I see in the mediation context, I tell folks, hey, look, if you need time to think about it, if you're not certain, then don't commit just yet. You know, maybe, maybe we schedule a follow-up date and time, you know, a couple weeks from now, give yourself some time to sleep on it. And that's what I would say the same thing in sort of any sort of critical conversation. You know, I think it's okay to not be sure about something. It's okay to want to talk to others. It's okay to reflect. It's okay to want to do your own research. Ultimately, you know, it's got to be something that you feel comfortable with, that you feel confident you can follow through on. And if you're just not there yet, I would say, Don't be afraid to share that. Tell someone, look, I need some time to think about this. Does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to connect. Our workshops are completely customized to reflect the specific and individual concerns faced by you and your team. Our calendar is filling up quickly, and we even have workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Click the link in the description to learn more. And now, let's get back to the episode. And what would you say, because in, in some situations, you just don't have time. Sometimes something comes up and it, it's really fast. How would you tell the audience to navigate that when they don't really have that time to slow down? What is the best way that they can you know, still preserve the relationship and make sure that they are still able to kind of reflect? You know, I think commit to what you can commit to. 
if it's at all possible, you know, let someone know your hesitations and maybe in a five minute conversation, they can provide you with some additional information that'll help sort of alleviate any sort of hesitations you may have. I mean, if you just don't even have time and it's a, it's a split second decision and it's all or nothing, well, I mean, I guess then you, know, you can only make the best decision that you think at the time with the information that you've got. I mean, hey, look, we all make mistakes. You know, I think I've read it in several books. Like if there's any sort of failure, failure is just another stepping stone to success. So, I mean, at a certain point, all you can do is what you can do. All you can do is make the best decision that you think at the time with the information that you've got and just go from there. Now, you mentioned making a mistake. How would you recover? Let's say you kind of misspoke or said something you didn't necessarily want to say or conceded where you didn't necessarily want to concede. How do you recover from making that mistake? I think at least just from what I've experienced to just in my own situations or even just observing others in mediation, I think what has worked, what I've observed work best in my mediations is just when someone, you know, has the courage just to own it, you know, and just sort of explain, hey, look, this is, this is the information that I had at the time. This is why I made this decision. You know, had I had this additional information, maybe I would have said something differently or I would have provided you that information, whatever it is. I think just to own it. I mean, that's pretty much, at least from what I've observed, I mean, people, people appreciate when someone's got the courage just to own up to something. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, that answer is brilliant. I think a lot of people expect some kind of like ninja tactic kind of <laughs> maneuver or something like super complicated, but you know, it's the simple things that work the best. And a lot of times that's not really what people want to hear. So yeah, just being vulnerable. And I think women are typically more vulnerable or, or are able to kind of connect on that emotional level. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just a matter of staying true to yourself, right? Like whatever, whatever that looks like for you. So, you know, I may be comfortable, you know, going into a room and just telling someone, hey, look, I have to give you information that you're not going to want to hear. But maybe that's, maybe that's not, you know, someone else's preferred tactic. Maybe someone prefers something else. Uh, maybe someone else prefers, you know, writing a letter or making a phone call or taking a little bit more time consulting with someone else, whatever it is. I think it's just a matter of kind of staying true to yourself so that to the extent you've got to communicate information, you don't want to communicate or to the extent you've got to own up to some sort of mistake, do it in a way that's, that's you know, going to make you feel comfortable. Your third point about focusing on control and, and what we can do for that. Can you say more about that? Sure. So one thing I'll sort of compare to my mediation experience and observing people make decisions and considering information is that it can be really easy to become distracted by what you think the other person is thinking about you or what they're thinking about the situation in general. And so one thing I, I like to encourage folks to do is really just focus on yourself, uh, focus on what you can control. You're not going to be able to control how the other participant in this communication, in this conversation, interprets what you say, what you do, what you don't say, what you don't do, that really all you can control is what you say, what you do, how you react. So, you know, I would say just sort of, you know, focus on yourself. I guess, how do listeners go about doing that? What are some things that they can do to kind of pinpoint the areas that they can control? I think it's just awareness, right? And I think, you know, part of it is just wisdom, <laughs> you know, like I, you know, when I think 
you know, when I was in my 20s, I probably was, you know, probably thinking more about what do others think of this situation. But now that, you know, I'm in my 30s, I'm a mother, I think it's sort of given me some perspective, like sort of when I have any sort of critical conversation, I mean, what I'm thinking about is, you know, how how will this not only impact me, but how will it impact my family? You know, so I think it's going to be something different for everyone. But what I've observed in my personal interactions, what I've observed in my mediations, you can only control what you can control, right? And that's really just what you say, what you do, what you don't say, what you don't do, and kind of how is what you say or do going to impact the people that are most important to you, right? Like what sort of example do you want to set? So those are sort of the things that I think about in my own conversations, but also those are the types of things that I talk about with my participants in mediation. You know, who, who or what do you care about? And to the extent that you are behaving a certain way in this mediation, who or what that you care about, what are they going to think about that? Absolutely. So it's it's like an internal reflection of, okay, I can't change what the other person is saying, but how do I get to point B if, if I can't do that? It's kind of like a, a game almost. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so now that we're at time, I wanted to ask you two more questions. The first being, what is one thing that you would suggest or one piece of wisdom that you would give to our audience uh, to help them become better negotiators? So that's a really tricky question. So, you know, I would say just just get started, <laughs> you know, wherever it is that you're at, just get started. You don't have to know what you're doing from the very beginning. You know, there's lots of great books out there that you can read. But, you know, the first, I think the hardest step is just the first step. So, you know, I sort of compare this to being a parent, right? So my little one is four years old, you know, she wasn't running <laughs> at the very beginning, right? How did she start? She started sitting up and then crawling and then walking and eventually to running, right? So you're not going to get like crawling to walking to running right away. Just start somewhere and, and just accept it may not be perfect. It may not be fantastic the first time, but you know, with each, each step, each attempt, you'll become more comfortable. And to the extent that you want to learn more about negotiating. You know, there's lots of great podcasts out there. There's lots of great books. And there's plenty of people to connect with who can kind of teach you tips along the way. But the first thing, as with, you know, many things in life is, is just getting started. I, I love that analogy. And I, I use the kind of the rip off the Band-Aid analogy, you know, yeah. I, as, as a nurse, Band-Aids are, are a huge thing. And a lot of times, you know, there's that fear of, okay, it's going to hurt or it's going to be uncomfortable. Or I'm not going to like this. And the easiest way to do it is just to rip off the bandaid. Don't think about it. Just do it and just, you know, just go. So I, I love that. How can people get in touch with you if they're interested in, in more about you and more about mediation? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Just, you know, search Veronica Cravener, find me, send me a message. And yeah, I think that's, that's the best way to reach me. Fantastic. Well, Veronica, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks again for being a listener of the Ask with Confidence podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you're enjoying the content, please subscribe and review. We want this podcast to reflect what you, the listener, are experiencing in your everyday life and your feedback will help us do just that. Again, thank you. And we hope you join us in the next episode.